I actually finally got the best sleep that I did uh, in the past week last night. Um, I've been taking this complex. Uh, I heard it from Dr. Andrew Huberman on a Joe Rogan podcast. So I know the, the source is a little questionable because I, I just simply heard it from a podcast. Is it marijuana? <laughs> Get what I did there? Get what I did there? And so my point is, I, I, it's a, this cocktail, right? He calls it the sleeping cocktail. Um, it's apigenin, um, ma- oh, apigenin, magnesium trionate, um, and L-theanine. Um, it, it's amazing. I take it. 30 minutes before I go to bed, I fall into a deep sleep and then I wake up fully refreshed, not only because I got a good amount of sleep, somewhere between seven to nine hours, but also because I got into a deep, deep sleep the entire night. The mental rap. <laughs> Welcome back to The Mental Rep, a district podcast where each week we dive into the complex topics of training, nutrition, and recovery with a roundtable discussion led by top professionals in fitness and performance. I'm your host, Jorge Diaz. To my right is... Scott Gunter. To my right. Daniel Blight. To my right. Neil P. Hey, yo. What's going on, gentlemen? Let's crack a locket, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing pretty well. So... Beachy motherfucking keen. Before we dive into the topic, I don't know if you guys could tell, but the topic of today is sleep. I don't know if you were able to tell by the title on the episode or by the intro or by all this talk about sleep. But uh, before we dive into that, as you guys know, we always start off with a client win. Gentlemen, any client wins this past week? Yeah. Uh, Sidonf. Sidonf. Sid. Yeah. Sidonf has been shouted out a lot on this podcast. He has. What do you do? What do you do? What a little buddy. <laughs> um. After his uh, powerlifting meet, we're, we're starting to like delve into other things. And um, today, he actually just learned how to front squat. He picked it up pretty quickly. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. So he was able to get into a full front rack position. Okay. And just squat and maintain his um his uh, uh posture in the front squat and just get real low in it. And he was pretty comfortable doing it. So he is learning from the best of all the coaches here. I think you have the best technique and cues for front rack front squat positions now that's also to say that dan hasn't really coached me on front squat front racks dan has this amazing stretch that just leaves your shoulders feeling like new but i don't know i've heard josh one of my clients josh he he received some advice from you on front squats uh dylan also so as, as it pertains to the clients i've heard a lot of good feedback from them and your tutelage on front squat front squats yeah, yeah. Man, you have a really nice rack thank you, you have a really nice rack yeah, yeah try to keep my elbows up yeah <laughs> <laughs> so gentlemen as we dive into this topic for today uh as mentioned we are experts in training recovery and nutrition um one of those key components that we are looking to cover that we just listed is recovery and one of the best ways to recover is by Sleeping. Sleeping. Yes, yes. Nice. Many people have this question of yeah. well, how can they expedite their recovery, yeah. whether they're in pain, whether they're just looking to recover from a rigorous workout. And the unsexy answer that nobody wants to hear is... 
I only give sexy answers. <laughs> <laughs> Coming from a sexy guy. Um, uh, it's sleeping. Make sure you're sleeping. So today we're going to, I want this to be a little bit like a 10% talk about an objective conversation about sleep, but really I want to dive into your sleeping patterns, what you guys do to perfect your sleeping patterns, especially um, being leaders in the sport. You probably have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of instances where you're leaving Jersey City at 11 or 12 p.m. and you have a 7 a.m. appointment where you're losing Call sleep. 6 a.m. Or 6 a.m. appointment. I'm speaking from experience. <clears throat> These boys right here to my right. Um, yeah. So number one, let's dive into it. Why is sleep important? Let's dive into the why. Sleep is like, I think that the easiest way to put it, it's like nutrition for your brain, right? I think that's like the best way to put it. Ooh, that was nice. Right? You know what? Podcast over. That's all you needed to hear. <laughs> I've often heard it referred to as basically our one superpower. It's this thing that we can do that we literally just reboot. A lot of processes go on autopilot, but some of the most important things are happening when we're actually doing that. Um, so when when we talk about sleep, I mean, one of the first questions is how much sleep should I actually get? And I, I've seen based on sleep cycles and averages, most people want to fall into that seven and a half to nine hour range. Um, many people have heard the term sleep cycle. And all that means is you don't just close your eyes, fall asleep, and then stay in the same state of brain waves, heart rate, tossing and turning all the way throughout the night. You're, you're not motionless. There's different things that are happening, different phases that you're going in and out of in different, um, different levels of consciousness and awareness. And those are our different sleep cycles. We have the term REMS. We have different points along those cycles. We don't need to outline every single one of those, but it's more about the amount of time that you spend in certain cycles, in a certain depth of a cycle, and how many times you hit that peak. So if you think of, uh, of my finger, I'm going to lower it down for those who can't see us. If I'm, I'm tracing a graph in the air, if you fall asleep, your nervous system, heart rate, everything kind of drops a little bit and goes down into this lower stage of sleep. And then you kind of fade in and out of it. Um, um, so what happens when you don't get enough sleep? Anecdotally speaking, I know that I become very, um, I, I become like someone like a third person. I feel like a zombie where I'm like watching the day go by, but not necessarily participating in the events that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, I know that I become very uh, grouchy. I become very irritated. You know, I'm, I'm very uh, short, I would say. Um, and then I notice that things that typically don't really stress me out start to stress me out. You know, like um, if somebody says something smart or something slight, normally I'm in good spirits and it, I just, you know, I deal with it or I, I de-escalate situations. But if I don't get that good uh, quality sleep, I can be a little short. I could be a little, a little, a little cranky. I could be a little irritable. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So now what does that do for someone who is trying to lose weight? What happens uh, to their body? Is there any like signals or responses to the, to the? Um, to the body that affects them in any way. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say, I would imagine that your cortisol levels don't get to reset. So your stress levels are still up there. And um, that with the higher cortisol levels, there's been some science proving that uh, you don't get to, or actually I say adipose tissue seems to have a reluctancy to be broken down because of high cortisol levels, mm. because of high stress. So I'd imagine that that does affect your weight if you're looking to shed some pounds. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Doing that, um, high cortisol levels also, like, 
you know, a few things that kind of happen, like you said, at the same time, uh, it lowers the effects of fatty acid lipolysis, right? Is that the correct term, Scott? Scott by lipolysis. Lipolysis. Never call me that again. It comes down to that. Obviously, like it lowers the body's effect on you know fat loss. It increases just overall water retention. It lowers the overall like metabolism of the body, where it's just like, hey, like if we don't have enough sleep, we're not burning as many calories. In turn, we're not burning the fat as well, and that's why coming back to the whole lower energy thing, it's like. Our body, obviously, we, I almost like to look at it as like it's a great way to sustain and survive. If we start lowering just um, the things that help us recharge, it's almost like our body's response to say, hey, like I need to slow other things down so that everything else that's actually like important, that's life saving, all of that mm-hmm. is going to be able to maintain its function. Mm. So now, like uh, Jorge kind of mentioned, like irritability, um, just grogginess uh, in the morning or throughout the day. Um, loss of energy, but then you're also saying um, with breaking down fat and also energy, right, Dan? Lipolysis. Lipolysis. Um, so my question is for you guys. So do you guys think that, I'm, I'm sure there's there has been studies for this and we can actually check it up, but um, if you are lacking sleep, not eight hours, like eight hours of sleep, and um, does that affect um, what you eat at night? So are, are there individuals who sleep around like, uh, who don't sleep around eight hours of sleep, they kind of crave foods, which kind of gets them to um, not stick to their diet and then kind of gain weight and eat um, later at night versus sticking to their uh, routine eating. You know what I mean? So I believe maybe like maybe you have someone that just like has higher wants to crave higher carbs or more fat or like more uh, calorie dense foods at night because of the lack of sleep. Do you think that is uh, that also affects them too? I'm going to hit that with two answers. So first, I, I would say you're in a state where your body is craving energy and it's craving that reboot of energy that it is supposed to get from sleep. But when we get to that state where either we are starving ourselves, not eating well, we haven't eaten all day, or we're very sleep deprived, we are kind of craving something to get our battery up to a little bit of a normal level. And oftentimes we crave these foods that are going to give us the fastest reward for that. So things like sugary foods that are broken down fast and we get that immediate response of energy. Things like fatty foods where you're getting more energy per gram. Our brain is smart enough to know that if I ingest those foods, I'm going to get this little pick-me-up of energy. So it's almost thinking very short-term and not long-term. The second answer there would be just based on how we are as humans, behavioral psychology, and the fact that we... um, strive to seek pleasure and seek to avoid pain. So in that standpoint, we want the pleasure of, again, energy. We want to we want to feel rebooted, feel refreshed, but we're trying to get this quick source of pleasure and those things stimulate our reward centers very quickly. So it's almost, um, it, it's kind of similar to the fact that we crave um, these sugary foods um, based on an innate instinct to seek out fruit and get, get nutrients, but companies, modern day society has kind of taken advantage of that and pushed us towards sugary foods, processed foods, and things that stimulate those same, um, those same sensory receptors, but in a non-organic way. I think like caffeine too, coffee. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that from a behavioral standpoint, I've had some clients who actually, uh, they had habits that weren't conducive towards their weight loss goals Mm -hmm. simply because of their sleeping patterns. So I think sleep within itself is a pattern as well. Uh, I'm sorry, sleep within itself is a habit that will affect other habits such as your eating habits. 
So if you stay up late, you go to sleep late um, and you wake up late, you will probably have a later breakfast or a later lunch. And then you'll continuously eat later because of this schedule that started later. Um, and then you'll be in this endless cycle of eating late, like around 8, 9, maybe 10 p.m. And then you stay up because, you know, you've heard somewhere that you should wait two hours before going to sleep to digest your food. Um, and then you wait that extra two hours. So now it's 12 a.m. You're probably stuck in this um, as an, I, I would say, like a sleep insomnia because your body, you want to go to sleep yourself, but your body says no. Uh, and then you stay up in this perpetual cycle of going to sleep late, waking up late, eating late, and so yeah. on and so forth. I actually have like a study, I mean, not a study, um, <laughs> anecdotal experience from that when I was prepping for my bodybuilding show. Oh. And, um, and I was also working at Lululemon while training clients. So I'd work the graveyard shift at Lululemon around two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. Like I'd leave at least two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning. And um, while doing that, I would have to go back home and then go to sleep and then wake up early for cardio. Right. Oh. And that was like, it sucked because I didn't realize how sleep, how much sleep I needed to recover from my body with training and nutrition. And it was going to the point where like my body wasn't, um, I wasn't getting any more low weigh-ins. Um, so I guess that was like for me to kind of check in with my body and be like, all right, maybe I need to increase my sleep. So instead of trying to get like three to five hours of sleep and do cardio, maybe I'll just push back everything else and focus on my sleep first. And once I started to do that, the, um, the weight on the scale would start to drop. So what'd you do in that experience? Like, what did you do to get your sleep schedule back? Because you couldn't really tell your boss at work at Lululemon that, hey, I'm just not going to work these graveyard shifts. I'm sure you continue to do that. I still did. And um, I would just push everything back. Like you said, my schedule had to be pushed back. Okay. So, so what, what's a graveyard shift at Lululemon? Because they're always closed when I try to go after work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's basically like after closing, we would do like stock and stuff like uh, in the back, right? back stock so and open boxes so Wait, going back to what you said you pushed everything back i pushed everything back so uh -huh. instead of like maybe my day would now have to start at nine o'clock you know what i mean or 10 o'clock um and that when i started doing that i would just go to the gym do my cardio and get back into my routine right um and i found myself having more energy for my shifts having more energy for my clients and um i was still irritable because i was prepping but at the same time i definitely did feel a lot um more awake and energized throughout the day. So what you're saying is you still managed to get the uh, n the goal of how many hours of sleep? Like seven, eight hours? Like at least eight hours of sleep. Eight hours of sleep, yeah. but you just fell asleep much later than the average person. Or yeah. the regular person. Sure. I had to sleep later than the Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I'm curious. What? Oh, sorry. No, you um, were there anything that like, because when it kind of, what I'm kind of getting from this is like for you mm -hmm. and what most people should be doing is like creating this as a, priority in their life and almost looking at sleep as hey like this is one of the number one things that you probably have to do just to sustain a healthy lifestyle weight loss anything like that um fitness and that shit but when you kind of think about it like when you look back on like the prep that um sleeping working all of that do you feel like there was anything that you kind of had to give up in your life when you had to push those few hours back yeah definitely um screen time like sometimes like you know as coaches like Sometimes we have like late shifts, later shifts than usual, and we want to sleep earlier. Um, but like we'll get home maybe around seven or eight o'clock, and then you see like we have like one or two hours until like we have to wind down. You know what I mean? So a lot of that was screen time. I had to like stop watching um, anything on Netflix, you know, as soon as I got home, or like just at least put my phone away, farthest away from me, so that I wouldn't be scrolling on Instagram or like 
you know, on TikTok or maybe not even TikTok. Was TikTok a thing back then? No, probably like Snapchat or Facebook. I don't know. <laughs> Instagram. But, yeah, but screen time. I just had to look, um, say and all that or just even going out late, having late dinners and stuff. You know, I heard somewhere that uh, that screen time, that unconscious uh, desire to stay up late, that that's considered what is that considered sleep revenge uh, or time revenge where you've spent so much time doing other things that need to get done, but not necessarily what you want to get done. So then your body kind of keeps you up later at night so that you can do what you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you guys recommend for somebody who is stuck in this loop of constantly seeking time revenge. Take a time audit and see what you're actually doing with your time and kind of sit down. And I mean, a lot of people spend, I I do this too. You spend a ton of time just binging entire seasons of Netflix, but I also work 12 hours a day, sometimes six, seven days a week. And I fall into that exact category. I get out of work and I want to take advantage of as much time as possible. I mean, a lot of times it's, staying up and trying to watch a movie, trying to watch sometimes two movies or, or staying up later or even putting a movie on, two movies on while I'm actually doing programming or work. So something's in the background and you feel like you've done something for that day. But if you actually look through the day and take a an audit of your time and then prioritize what things are actually important to you, what you consider true valued use of your time, maybe that's hanging out with friends, going on some travel experience, um, maybe going to a restaurant, trying new opportunities. And then when you get out of work, you literally say, is this actually something that's important to me? Is this a good use of my time? And then you prioritize those type of times. You're going to find yourself doing kind of the meaningless cycle task a lot less. And then you sometimes always do need some form of unplugging. But um, I think you prioritize the right things a little bit more. Um, I wanted to touch on what Neil was talking about, where certain strategies he used was putting away his phone, maybe not going on Netflix. And that has kind of an umbrella term given to it where it's referred to as sleep hygiene. So we're we're talking about ways to get better sleep. We established and everybody knows that sleep is important, but what can you do to actually get better sleep? So in those categories, most of us will have a TV in our room, oftentimes with uh, the work from home setup, depending on what your office is like. We don't have that disconnect between work and sleep. You literally, at, I, at my old apartment, I used to have my, my home office, my desk, literally two feet from my bed and I would sit in the chair, finish up that last uh, program or whatever I was working on. And you just roll into bed, TV is on. Terrible sleep hygiene there. So things that make a difference there are going to be light. One of the most powerful regulators of our sleep uh, circadian rhythm is light based, based on, again, evolution, neuroscience, who we are today. When the sun comes up, that's supposed to tell us that it's daytime. When we see light, that stimulates hormones that help us feel awake. Um, It stimulates wakefulness. Um, And when it's nighttime, that tells us that it's nighttime, we should be sleeping. So you see people who are working these graveyard shifts or overnight, and that kind of can mess with some certain things long term. And I'd be interested to dive into some studies on that. But when we are kind of artificially subjecting ourselves to light at night, it's kind of confusing the body and saying, okay, we need to be ready to go at this time. We should be awake. And if you just turn that off and close your eyes, there's no separation there. We don't get that time to wind down. Furthermore is blue light, which again, tends to be a little harder for our eyes to focus. Most of our electronics TVs um, seem to have a lot of blue light. So people will have night shift settings on their laptops. They'll have uh, blue light glasses. And sometimes people will feel a little less strain in their eyes. But what that's also doing because it's hard to focus is sometimes they look cool too. (laughs) Uh, 
what our eyes are doing when we have to focus that hard is they're kind of going into this central focus fight or flight mode where we're locking in on something that's right in front of us and our heart rate is staying elevated. Our hormones are being released to literally respond to a stressor. So the best thing you could do is get a super dark environment, something where shades don't let light in from street lamps. Um, you don't have a TV on. You have a pretty dark room. Um, other things are sounds. Other things are temperature. So there are certain sounds that are going to make us wired and, and awake, like sirens, loud sounds, bangs, fireworks. Or you can do things that bring you into a parasympathetic rest or digest, like soundscapes. I mean, I, I'll use Google Home and every night I'm listening to either ocean waves, uh, running water, thunderstorm sounds, something that's kind of a constant dull murmur. But these interact with our brain in a way that tells us it's it's okay to rest and digest. Now, other things are reading before bed, um, but they actually recommend that you don't do that directly in bed. And the reason uh, yes. for that is there should be a separation. Mm -hmm. Your brain creates these habits and associations with different things. If Two I, big guesses. If, if I pick up this Theragun and every single time I pick it up, I go to gun out my quad, my body kind of learns that every time I touch this, I'm going to gun out my quad. My muscles might even relax a little bit just by grabbing that over the course of time by teaching that. I might see increased blood flow to the quads over the course of time by teaching it that association. So if every time you're in bed, you're on your laptop, you're working, even if you're reading, your brain learns, I need to be on when I'm in bed. So they literally say you should only be in bed for sleep and sex. There we go. <laughs> Two big S's. Along those lines, if you find yourself waking up at night, one of the worst things you can do is like continue to try and make yourself fall asleep and like stress out about that while being in bed. Like they actually recommend, um, and I'm getting a lot of this from uh, certified sleep coaches. There's one that comes to mind. You could go to sleepcoachcourse.com. So this Ooh. actually is for people who ah. have trouble sleeping, but sleep also for coaches sleep like us fitness fitness enthusiasts or people who are are working in the fitness industry and realize the importance of recovery this is a site that actually offers a course on it and oh, yes. uh, the guy who's a in charge of it a certified that? sleep coach his name is Nick Nick and not seeing his last name um, but I actually did a an excerpt version of this course and it was very good he talked about a lot of different areas of sleep hygiene but also some other areas um, that we might have time to touch on later. Yeah. So I, I want to touch upon a few things that you said, you know, one of the things that, um, I personally do and because I work from home and I have that desk in my bedroom is after I finish working, uh, I usually get up and I go for a walk so that my body knows that the day has concluded. My work day is done very calm. I can now start to trans mentally transform my environment from a working environment to a resting environment. So that's some bit of advice for you all out there who work from home and can't really uh, um, necessarily separate um, work from rest. Yeah, and, and um, I like that. If you are also having trouble falling asleep, try to leave that room for a second, do some low-level activity, maybe like reading a book, grab a glass of water or something, and then revisit the bedroom, go back to your bed after that instead of trying to fall asleep in the same place. Um, another thing that you mentioned were the sounds, right? So sounds can interrupt your sleep. So sleeping with three animals. I have three <laughs> animals, folks. I have two dogs and a cat. Um, the cat's very silent. It's cat. it's kind of nice. Um, the oh dog cat. is a little loud. He has uh, his 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 
claws? His claws. As no, his claws? nails. His nails. nails. His nails. They tap on a floor no matter how short we cut them. And then we have a puppy who's always barking. So one of the things oh, that we did so was um, whenever they're making noise, they're out. I kick them out to the living room. Mm-hmm. I kick them out the apartment. They're done. They're done. I see. I do that, and my cat gets louder. Oh yeah, you gotta be stubborn. You gotta you gotta win that war, oh, buddy. He's... You win it once, and you'll win it forever. But that's one of the things that they know they they've associated with being kicked out is the noise that they make. I don't know. The, the cats and dogs are smarter than we think, but try to not sleep with your own pets if you find that sleeping is problematic and if they do claw at the door uh sacrifice one or two nights but in the long run they will learn that if they make noise they get kicked out and they will try to avoid it because now they're trained to be absolutely silent and i most cats i would say just would get spiteful and they try to get revenge and get louder so instead you have to play with them before bed do tire them out war. Do oh yeah do not lose that war tire them lose out. That war. do not lose that Make war exhausted like, our cat lost that I, war a long I will, time ago i will introduce you to the cat and <laughs> good luck i want and then lastly sorry just lastly a night mask when it oh, comes yeah. to the lights <laughs> See, I, I can't sleep with those yeah it does take some time to get used to because you have this pressure on your head so it shouldn't never oh, go too I tight where it bothers your temple because your temple is a very sensitive area um it should be just light enough that it lies on your head but secure enough that it won't fall off while you're sleeping but even if it does it's okay the whole point is that when you put that night mask on it's as if my body just knows it's time to go to sleep so whether i create the trigger uh, what's that create a trigger you made an association yeah i created a trigger that's exactly i created an association and then when it's time to wake up, I just rip that mask, that night mask off and I'm up. Like I'm up. It's like that trigger again. Just get up and stay up. So I think that's also one of the challenges with going to sleep early is you're waking up and staying up. Because for those that wake up and stay up later or those that wake up earlier, that will also impact what time you start getting tired. So for you guys, I wanted to ask you guys, what are I'm going to go down the row. I'm going to start with Dan. Dan, you're here every morning at 6 a.m. What time do you go to bed? What's your night routine? Probably what like 1 a.m. You, you go to bed at 1 a.m.? Sometimes. Do you actually? Yeah. Oh, that's... That, hey, man, keep it honest, Very right? Terrible. Keep it G. Um, yeah, do you actually I, go to sleep at 1 a.m.? Keep yeah, it G. Okay. Oh, so young. what time do you... Do Ideally, you get, catch up on sleep, though? 26 yeah, naps. All right. Naps. Take naps. <laughs> get me through the day. You live um, like in an three ideal minutes world, work, right? Yeah. In an ideal world, like I like to get to bed around like 11. Okay. Get a solid like seven-ish hours of sleep. And then you take naps like throughout the day? Um, If I go to bed later. Okay. And then any night triggers that will trigger your body into falling asleep? Well, I guess the big thing is like one, like I like to create a routine of like, hey, I like, do X, Y, Z things to know like, hey. What's your routine? Brush my teeth, wash my face, uh, read a little book, cuddle Angus, and then close all the lights. Close all the blinds? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then what's your morning routine to get out of bed? Because again, you're here at 6 a.m., so you got to wake up at... Run. Run. Dun, 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 dun. Like, no, like, yeah, yeah, just because run, you're run to the gym. Yeah. Run. <laughs> so you just wake up and go? Yeah, I wake up and go. Do you it's brush not your ideal. Teeth? Um, yeah, I do. Sometimes? Hopefully. Do, 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 your, hair. <laughs> um, yeah, do your hair. If I don't, then I wear a hat. Do you shower? Okay. So I like what you're saying there. (laughs) I like what you're saying there is uh, don't try to stick to a morning routine because for some people like myself, I'm with you. um, I do best when I have a morning commitment so I can just get up and go. But if I have a morning, try to establish a morning routine sometimes, I might walk myself back to bed and end up sleeping an extra hour or two. Um, Neil, Coach Neil, 
What about you? Evening routine, time you go to bed, time you wake up, morning routine. Go. Okay, so <laughs> I would I'd make sure I have my last meal, maybe roughly around 9.30, 10 o'clock, at least around then. Okay. Um, and then after that, I would FaceTime my girlfriend. We would talk, catch up for a day because she's a nurse. So we're actually on the same schedule now before she would actually be, she was um, working the night shift. So opposite schedule. Um, but now we're on the same schedule and we'll talk for a little bit and then maybe watch something together. And then I would end my night there. So that's roughly a, around maybe like if I'm lucky, 11, 1130, late, latest 12, 1230. What time are you waking up that? Uh, it depends on, you know, specific clients that come in the morning, but usually I'll try to wake up around eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. And your morning routine? My morning routine. So, uh, what I started doing was I would actually put my phone away from me and just try to, um, you know, cause I found that if I charge my phone and put it next to me, to me, like, you know, by my bed or by my pillow, um, I would just scroll on my phone after I wake up and then just, you know, waste a little bit part of my day. Right. So now that, and then just stay in bed. So now that it's away from me, I have to actually turn the alarm off, get up. And that forces me to, to start my day. All right. And that's how I started off. And Scotty McFly. So I like that you were talking about you, you take the face mask off and then your brain knows it's time to wake up. I used to have the association of I drink coffee and that means we're waking up. And most people have that. They literally feel like they're dead asleep until they get that cup of coffee, partly because of that caffeine, you've developed a tolerance to it, partly because your brain has that association with caffeine, with that coffee that you can't wake up until you get to that point. And then you don't even get the results from it. Um, so I, I haven't done this always, but actually right now, um, not even because of this podcast, just because I needed better energy levels throughout the day, I'm in a pretty rigid routine for that. Um, wake up at 6 a.m., first clients by 7.30. So first thing I do when I wake up is now get a glass of water. Um, so I've created that association with water is now like I feel hydrated. I'm, I'm waking up. Now that's the connection. And I actually notice I have much more energy before I have that coffee because my brain's created that association with water. I'll drink that water and I'll actually do a five minute like mindfulness meditation. I have a couple apps that I'll use. One of them is uh, Simple Habit. One of them is actually associated with the bed that I have, which I'll talk about in a minute because it's super good for sleep. Um, so glass of water. While I'm having that glass of water, I'll go through a kind of a wakeful meditation or mindfulness meditation where you're just kind of directing your your brain to different parts of your body. You're, you're focusing on breathing and uh, kind of setting intent for the day. Um, then I've actually started going downstairs to the gym. And while I'm doing that, I'm listening to a podcast. So I will do minimum five minutes on the bike down there and then go through some form of physical activity, some form of triplanar movement, even just to get myself going, go back upstairs, shower, get the lunch done, um, and then go about my day. For nighttime, I will do kind of like an even, evening wind down ride. And this is like ride on, on the stationary bike. And this is just far enough away from bedtime that it's not affecting it, but I'm going more for aerobic system. So again, we think of that, that's more the like rest, digest recovery type system. I'm not going higher or intense. I'm getting my heart rate to kind of a zone where I'm in a good state to recover. Then I would go upstairs, things I would do probably like watch TV or, or wind down, but before bed, try to read a book. I usually do that in bed, but in a perfect situation, you do that outside of bed. Um, and then 
going to sleep, I will use Google Home or just use Alexa. You'll do some kind of sleep sounds and then try to make the room dark, except right now it's Shark Week. So Gab is staying Ooh-ha. up to like literally all hours watching sharks eat people and, and stuff. Um, what kind of dreams do you have? Good ones. Nice, <laughs> relaxing. <laughs> um, but so I have a cool bed. This is something that I splurged on because I do think sleep is probably one of the most important things that you can do in your life that will trickle down into every aspect of your you life. You spend one third of your life sleeping. <laughs> you, know, you spend one third of your life sleeping. You spend a good amount of it working, but every other aspect you're maybe interacting with people. And I notice a big difference in my my attitude, irritability, like that that affects me significantly if I get 30 How long minutes have you been less doing sleep. This? I just started. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, I've, done, I've done this before. I I kind of I kind of revisit it based on um, periods of time where my schedule gets a little bit too crazy or I really need to emphasize the recovery a little bit more. Um, but the bed is called, um, it's by the company Eight Sleep. It's called the Eight Sleep Pod. And one of the things that was the most dis- biggest disruptor of my sleep was temperature. So I couldn't... I, I couldn't sleep through the night if it was too hot. And there are a lot of beds that just hold on to your temperature, even things like a Tempur-Pedic that hangs onto your body's temperature and it just makes it super hot throughout the night. So this bed actually regulates temperature. You can dial in. You can actually have two separate zones, partner's zone, your zone, and maybe your partner likes it super warm. Maybe you like it cold. You can specify those different zones and it actually fades through different zones throughout the night based on including things like your heart rate, your breath rate. It's actually monitoring those. It's also monitoring uh, HRV and recovery. Um, so we were coming back late from Jersey City last night. I get a notification from a bed in the morning saying, do you feel less energized today because your resting heart rate was a little higher? Your your HRV was a, um, a little bit lower, which would mean I'm a little bit less recovered today. Um, it will track those things and actually make adjustments to the bed temperature levels in order to keep you asleep throughout the night and then in the morning you can actually do an alarm so most of us and i used to do this you fade in you have an alarm in the morning where say you're waking up at 6 a.m it blares loud like a fire engine and you snap awake that that alarm doesn't know what sleep cycle we're in we could be in a deep sleep and then all of a sudden we jump to wide awake there are several alarms there's a free app i think called sleep time that will what's this fade called again? alarm eight sleep eight sleep it's the eight sleep pod um, the bed actually has an alarm built into it where you can fade in a temperature in the morning and also it, it will vibrate in certain, um, like Get pulses to wake up your physical body before it wakes up your brain. Whereas most of us are waking up the brain before the physical body is ready to wake up. I kid you not. I get the, I, I I've gotten the best sleep of my life on this bed and one of the big things was also the way that I wake up in the morning by this fading type approach as opposed to just the blaring um, Dude, adjustment. I hate That's that. Weird. I hate that. So, Scott Apple has this like yeah. alarm. Yeah. Like if you use the sleep, uh, I think it's a health app on Apple. Mm-hmm. I don't know if all of you know this, but you could set a sleeping time, like the time that you're supposed to go to sleep. And it and will tune your phone off. It'll tune it off. Do not disturb. Yep. Put it on do not disturb. But one of the cool things is that the alarms it uses to wake you up um, is one of those that slowly ascend to a high level of noise, um, but very relaxingly 
relaxingly, I guess. Yeah, it, it's just like a, it's a pleasant yeah, sound to wake you up instead of a blaring normal, sound. The normal alarm. And I love it. Yeah. It wakes me up. It goes dun 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 dun. And I'm like, that, oh yes, good with that, morning. Usually, <laughs> good morning. But you oh, don't set yeah, a daddy. certain time to wake up. You set a range. So you say, I have to wake up by this time, and then it kind of blocks off a half hour before that. Yeah. And the phone itself, if you put that on your nightstand, it's supposed to be using vibration too like listening maybe feeling vibration but also listening to your your breathing to see when the appropriate time in that range is to kind of fade in that alarm and it will get you up by that time but again that alarm is way better than the normal blaring one yeah i love it it's so much better yo scott's like whole routine just reminded me i had to search it up it was um if you guys watched american psycho Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's doing like, his, whole, <laughs> his whole like morning routine with the scrub he's like uh, <laughs> dude it was so funny i was I like in the morning if i <laughs> in the morning if my face is a little puffy i'll put on an ice pack while i'm doing stomach crunches i can do a thousand now i'm just like Yo, eric you have to put this audio in the podcast you gotta do it you gotta keep it Christian Christian Bale's Bale's oh, that's animal. funny. Yeah, and I think all right. So just something to like a little bit of realness to add is, um, Scott, you probably don't follow this routine every night. Every morning, Absolutely right? not. No, right? I did. And literally you guys don't follow it. those routines every night, every morning, right? It's not the same thing every night, every morning, right? It's it's like this is a habit that you built up over the duration of the rest of your life. So it's not necessary. It doesn't mean you have to get it right and it has to be perfect every night, every morning. It just means that uh, if for me personally, when I have an, when I'm anticipating a very busy week, I understand that my sleep schedule is going to be a little thrown off. I understand that I'm not going to get more than like seven hours if I'm lucky. It might be a five hour night uh, type of week, um, but. It doesn't mean that I give up on this goal of trying to uh, master my sleep schedule because in my opinion, um, those who cannot master their sleep schedule um, lack discipline. I'm sorry, but that's how I treat myself. I don't treat other people like that, but okay, I'm not sorry. I, that's how I treat <laughs> I treat myself. Is I my self talk is if I can't master my own sleep schedule, it's because yeah. I lack the discipline. And I say, okay, this week I'm gonna lack the discipline intentionally. I'm really gonna let go. I don't really. Mm. I, I care more about providing discipline because my discipline is limited. I'm not this guy that can be on 24 hours a day. I, oh, there's only a few things I can force myself to do. And if I have to study for one of the nights, you know, I, it's one of the times that I will use this discipline for. And and I'll I'll, I'll say, hey man, I'm gonna watch Naruto until like two in the morning because I studied like. Can I? Two can hours. I? Um, ask another thing um with sleep uh well it's not really sleeping but it's um napping okay um and i wanted to know if there's any correlation with sports performance when it comes to napping so for myself like um (laughs) i was a horrible student in in, um, like grade school so i would sleep like really late right and i'd have the tv on right i had really bad sleep hygiene and I would literally wake up to the audit, like a like a um auditory cue of George Lopez playing, yeah, that song, right? And I would wake up two o'clock, two thirty in the morning, and I'd watch it, and then I'd try to fall back asleep. I know some people have done that. Nick at night, yeah, Nick at night, yeah. So then, and then like fourth period, I would like fall asleep in class, and then the next, and like during that day, um, I'd have a little bit more energy because I I took a nap during class, right? But then I would be so tired when I was like doing martial arts or Taekwondo teaching and then having to take class. So um, I was just wondering, and this is something I actually put into my, my prep before like my weightlifting competition was maybe taking a 10 to 20 minute nap before I train yeah. and see how that feels and see if I'm a little bit more precise with, with training. Uh, snap here with the movements, but you gotta restart the computer. That's yeah. what I told how you. Matilda. How do you feel about that, Scott? I, I feel like you should do that. Um, 
I'm picking up for Scott here because I feel like you got to restart the computer. Mm-hmm. You got to restart the computer. I think 10, 15 minute naps are okay. Um, especially if you time them, you put the alarm for 15 minutes. Uh, don't overdo it. Or even even Dan, like, because I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Scott. <laughs> even Dan, because I noticed that like sometimes he'll take naps um, before training sometimes, right? You know, and honestly, I feel my best. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm riled up, ready to go. I'm ready to lift heavy after this because mm-hmm. yeah. we took a nice little 10, 15 minute nap. Yeah, half hour. So I, I've minutes. thought about that a lot. I, I've seen some research, and a lot of it seems to point that there is a good benefit to naps. But as I'm hearing this out loud, I'm actually thinking that so sleep cycles to get through a full sleep cycle, it's usually around ninety minutes. So I have seen recommendations for napping in terms of sports performance production that. In order for, for you to get that benefit of the full cycle, get to where you need to be for true sleep, you need to do at least the 90 minutes. What I'm thinking I'm not is... not a lazy asshole. <laughs> no, what, what I'm thinking is the 20 minutes is not napping. It's not turning off the computer for a second. It's closing down all your apps when your phone is overheating. Mm. And it's making it do a little bit less so it can cool off and actually get out of fight or flight. And you're literally meditating for 20 minutes. You're going into a rest or digest state and you're more... You have more neural output available to to go to whatever that next task is. You know, that's a really good point because that's exactly how I describe it. It's more like a meditation. For 15, 20 minutes, I'm still awake. I'm thinking about the challenges that I'm facing throughout the day if I have some challenges. And uh, I'm coming up with solutions in that time period just because I'm very, there's no distractions. My eyes are closed and I'm just. Wouldn't you, know, you say it'd be better to just like, like, um, if it's like a, a chalkboard, just like erase the chalkboard, not even think. Ah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Or like, you know, because you're thinking about the things in, the, in your day. Would you would you think about them or would you just erase everything? Oh, I like to think about them um, because I like to practice some level of creativity. Um, I think that's a skill that I didn't that personally didn't exercise a lot of was creativity and thinking outside of the box for solutions. So um, like, for example, a podcast like sleep, right? I One thing that I did was I just like laid back on a couch not too comfortably uh closed my eyes and i, I guess i thought it was napping but it, you know you're right it is more like meditation i meditated on it a little bit and i came up with some questions to ask how to guide the conversation come up with a decent podcast in like mm. 20 minutes as opposed to like sitting there for two hours and trying to come up with a bunch of different things going through articles i mean sometimes that's needed but yeah i i, I, I still think about some things yeah so using the chalkboard i actually do, pe- do kids nowadays know what a chalkboard is? <laughs> a dry erase board? If you say, so <laughs> a dry erase board. I, a lot of mindfulness talks about letting these thoughts come in and then recognizing when, when that thought comes in, recognizing that it's okay to have a thought, but then like passing that aside. So not erasing that thought entirely, but like the thought comes in and you kind of take that and you just like discard that and you redirect it for a little bit and then focus on that blank whiteboard again. Mm-hmm. Um, what Jorge is doing seems is like dedicated thought to a specific topic. And maybe when his mind wanders from that topic, that's where you take that mind wandering thought. Maybe your dog comes in or maybe you're thinking about lunch the next day and you throw that thought away and then refocus on that. So again, it's, it's still a form of mindfulness. It's still a form of parasympathetic stimulation that is maybe prepping you for something else, but I wouldn't consider it the same exact thing as sleep. I wonder if that will actually enhance your sleep because sometimes I feel like when I'm so stressed and my uh, stress alarms are still on, uh, I actually find it harder to fall asleep uh, at night. So I, I think that those naps may contribute to a more regular sleep schedule because I'm no longer stressed about going to sleep. Um, I think my girlfriend, she mentioned it. She mentioned this very nicely. Um, she said, 
why are you rushing to go to sleep? Because you're rushing throughout the day to get to places. You're rushing to get to your appointment. Why are you rushing to go to sleep? When sleep should be something that you are welcoming and you have a healthy relationship with. Good job, Matilda. Yo, she spits pretty good. fire, man. Why? I'm telling you. Yeah, I would just recommend you don't. If you do come up with a nightly ritual, uh, I recommend five things or less. So, like, what are your five things in the last five things you do at night? First five things you do in the morning. Keep them very simple. So, first five Kiss. things I do in the morning. Keep you simple, stupid. Uh, first five things I do in the morning. Uh, wake up. Uh, uh, about. Uh, uh, take off the eye mask. Pee. Splash water in my face. Weigh myself. Drink a glass of water. Uh, last five things I do before I go to bed. Brush my teeth pee uh i pee a lot brush my teeth brush my teeth pee um put my eye mask lay down in bed so it's like not really five but it's four but drink a glass of water i don't drink water right before i go to sleep oh um i take my sleeping cocktail so i do drink water yeah 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 um i like that you touched on thoughts before bed and stressing about bed and rushing bed and a lot of people find themselves in that category where they can't get their mind to quiet down so one of the best things you could do is Actually write your thoughts down. Get them out of your head. If you feel like you have to worry about something, remember something. Like Take out a notebook, write that down, and now you no longer have to focus on developing that thought. It's now something that you'll address the next day. To wrap up the uh, the podcast, guys, if there's anything that you three can really improve on with your sleep schedule or routine, what do you think you guys should improve on? One thing, we'll start off with Jorge. I'd, I'd like to improve the time that I go to sleep at. Okay. I fall asleep at like 11. I wake up at around 7, 8. Um, but yeah, that's about like 7, 8 hours of sleep mm-hmm. because I don't really fall. I'm sorry. I go to bed at 11. I wake up at 7 or 8. But just because I go to bed at 11 doesn't mean I fall asleep at 11. I probably fall asleep at 12, 1230. So I like to get to bed earlier. Scott? Consistency. So I I like the routine that I have and what I did work into it was kind of a a little bit of kind of wiggle room where, like you said, if you don't have the time one night and you fall off your routine, most of us who know change psychology and habit development, if if you set that habit too high, most people in the fitness industry are like, I have to work out X amount of times per week and I'm going to go super strong. And then you miss that one day. Okay. I messed up my habit. Now that's no longer committing to a habit. For me, I say, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to do five minutes minimum on the bike. I I don't set any rules for myself the rest of the time in the gym. If I want to stay longer, I stay longer. I set um, before bed at minimum, I'm going to read a book. I don't say how much I can. If I don't have time for anything, I will open that book, read a word just to create that habit and give myself that little mental check mark that yes, I did that. So developing some consistency behind there and then over the course of time, progressing that habit because our brains do respond to a schedule. We do like some form of consistency but when it comes to developing our sleep patterns and, and setting our circadian rhythm, it, our body kind of likes to know when we're doing things. Daniel. Definitely echoing what you said, Jorge. Uh, just having better schedule and just getting more total hours of sleep. Um, obviously, like I napped to almost catch up on everything, but just prioritizing it a little bit more. Hmm. And I feel like a common theme, like even for us, even though we're talking about all of this, it's, you know, you're always kind of improving on this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm right. For myself. Yeah, slap. <laughs> I like what, I like what Jorge said about keeping it simple. And he does like the first, the, the last five things he does when he wakes up uh, before he sleeps. And then he does the same five things when he wakes up. So I, I really, I really like that. Um, 
So the repetitions for today. The repetitions are for today are <laughs> create the habit. Create the habit. Um, acknowledge how many hours of sleep that you want to to have. Right? Keep it simple. Good sleep hygiene. Good sleep hygiene and keeping it simple. Right. Yep. And I think that's it. That's and it, man. Last and thing. And without further ado, it is time to wish you a happy birthday. Happy hey, wait, 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 wait. We don't have a candle yet. Fuck. Dang. So for everyone that's listening, they legit just got me a apple strudel cheesecake from David Allen's Caterers. Right across the street. Happy you don't have to be ungrateful. <laughs> to I'm not ungrateful. You. Can you play a song? Happy birthday. Ratchet, happy birthday, Drake. It's your motherfucking birthday. Happy. The mental rap. <laughs> <laughs>